welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and we are here to talk about tips and strategies that you can employ to deepen your faith, improve your relationships, and just get the most out of your life. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Okay, so I am so excited to share this with you today. The idea of what it means to assess the essential and really make intentional decisions on what matters most, I have a feeling that this could go a long ways in helping you excel still more if it has even a portion of the impact on your year as it's had on mine. I know that it will be worth your time. Now, before we get into this, I'm going to tell you about a book that I recommend, and we have some Bible passages to read. Let me just ask you a few questions to see if this episode is for you. Have you ever found yourself stretched too thin? You get overcommitted. You say yes to everything. You're a Christian. You're a parent. You're a friend. You want to do things for people. So when they ask, you say yes. But then you find that you're stretched in so many directions that you're not really able to be excellent in any one thing, and so it starts to get you discouraged. Do you ever feel like you're really busy? It's not that you're lazy. You're busy and you're active, but you feel unproductive. It's like you can get to the end of the day or the week and you can say, man, I did a lot of things. I had a full schedule, and yet I don't know that I accomplished anything that's going to leave a mark. I don't know that I develop myself in a way that's gaining momentum. Do you ever just get stressed out? You're worried about whether or not you're going to get all the stuff done. You're worried about what other people think about you while you're doing it. And while you're not consciously worried about the effect that it's having on you because you're a selfless, service-filled person, subconsciously you're wondering if you're just wearing yourself out or spinning your wheels or wasting your time. If you are dealing with any of that, please listen carefully today. I think we're about to change your life. I just have to tell you that while I wouldn't say stress is a big issue for me or worry, I'm pretty good about those things. I have felt pretty much all of the other things that I described for you. I felt like I was busy but unproductive. I felt like I had so many things that I needed to do and they were all globbed together that I tried to do a little bit of everything and didn't accomplish much of anything. And then, a couple of years ago, a friend of mine, Shane Millard, recommended this book, Essentialism. It's a New York Times bestseller, it's a big deal, and it's worth your time. The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. It's written by a man named Greg McCown, and it emphasizes this idea that what if I did less, but better? What if I did fewer things, but I was really able to invest myself in those things? What if I took the things that I have to do this week? You say, well, I can't just stop doing stuff. I have lots of things I have to do. But what if I organized them in a way that on Monday, I really only had to focus in on one? I mean, there were other duties and things that had to be done. We're not saying it's the only thing I did that day. But when it came to really leaving a mark, making a difference, doing something of great value, instead of trying to do eight things, I'm just going to do one. Early on in this book, the author gives an illustration. Imagine two circles, one on the left, one on the right. The circle on the left has 10 arrows pointing out of it, but those arrows only go about a half an inch. It's just a bunch of little arrows poking out of the circle. This represents the kind of day that most of us have. We just have so many things to do, and our attention's so divided 
that we try to accomplish all 10 things, but we don't really get much done. We're just kind of hanging on. And the next day, you got a whole new circle with 10 little arrows sticking out of it. And you start wondering, am I really getting anywhere? Well, on the other side, the other circle only has one line sticking out of it, but it's six inches long. It covers the entire length of the page. It represents the simplest concept of essentialism. What if I said no to nine other things? Nope, can't do that today. Nope, you're going to have to do that one on your own. No, I just don't have time for that. And somebody says, well, what are you doing? What are you doing instead? You know what? There's something, some one thing that is essential to me, that is consistent with my core values, that is important to what God wants me to be and helps my family, and I'm going to say no to everything else that's less vital and just pursue that one thing. Now, you might think, I don't know about that. I mean, I get to the end of the day or the week, and I've only done one thing. No, that's right. But you've done it well. You've changed positions. You didn't move forward a half of an inch. You moved forward six whole inches. You've changed your position on that. I think about things like Bible study. Just for instance, we have a lot we'll talk about today, but think about Bible study. Here's somebody who just really never has much time for that. There's so many things they have to do. They get out of bed in the morning. There's so many things there, and they're all equally important. In truth, they're not equally important. That's part of essentialism. You've got to figure out what's really important. But in in my head, it's all equally important. So maybe I get a couple of seconds in the Word of God, but if I miss out on that, there's always some other half-inch arrow that needs my attention. But you compare that to somebody who gets up in the morning and says, The one thing that matters is I need to be in contact with God. I need a half of an hour to pray and to read and to really indulge in that. And that may mean I can't answer emails this morning. That may mean that the TV stays off. Now, you may be listening thinking, no, I've got to have my TV on in the morning. I have to have it tuned to my favorite cable political network so I can find out what happened yesterday. Uh, Let me just say this at the six-minute mark of our 15-minute presentation today. President Trump's latest tweet and what the news thinks about it is non-essential. It is non-essential. If it takes up 10 minutes that you could have added to your Bible study to make that arrow go further, that's a decision that you probably needed to make. I have to think about Ephesians 5 here. Every few episodes, we get a chance to bring it up. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, the Bible says, Therefore, be careful how you walk. Now, in the previous verse, he just talked about Christ shining in you, the goodwill of Christ living on in your life. Well, how am I going to get that done? Well, you need to be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise men, making the most of your time because the days are evil. You know what the Apostle Paul is saying? He's saying you need to learn to assess the essential. What is essential is developing the light of Jesus in you. What is essential is is extending that light to the people around you, friends, neighbors, etc. What is not essential are a whole bunch of other things that we deem incredibly important that really don't change you fundamentally as a child of God. And if you really sat back and thought about the ball games or the Netflix series or whatever else that tends to be important but maybe not all that valuable, you might say, wow, I'm really using a lot of my time on things that I like, but it's not really consistent with the things that I say on Sunday matter most to me, the things that I sing about, the people that when I get to the end of my life and 
the development of those relationships are going to be the only memories that keep me moving. I don't think these things are truly essential because they don't help me move forward or me move forward with someone else in the areas that really, truly, internally, and spiritually matter. Okay, so I want to make sure this is crystal clear for you. So I'm going to tell you about another one of the introductory pages from the Essentialism book. On the left side, there's a whole bunch of lines all jumbled up, like if you'd taken your pen and just scribbled in every which direction. And on the right side, there is the word this, and lines circling it over and over and over again. It looks to me like it's the same amount of lines in both illustrations, except one is all clumped together and there's no distinction and it looks like scribble, and the other one just looks like effort upon effort upon effort revolving around whatever this is. And clearly, based on the nature of the book, this is something you've decided is essential. It really, really matters, and you're going to zero in on that. On the left side, he has the term non-essentialist. If you're wondering the difference between an essentialist and a non-essentialist, let me walk you through a few things. Here's the deal. For the non-essentialist, he tries to be all things to all people. He says things like, I have to do this or that, or it's all important. And then he wonders, how can I fit it all in? The essentialist is a little bit different than that. He goes by the idea, not all things to all people, but less, but better. He says things like, I choose to do this, or only a few things really matter. And he's always asking himself the question, what are the trade-offs? If I say yes to this, if I commit myself to this, how far forward will it move me and what will it cost me to do that? The non-essentialist, when talking about the undisciplined pursuit of more, reacts a lot. The non-essentialist is so busy and stressed that about all they can do is react to what's most pressing. They say yes to people without really thinking about it and try to force execution at the last moment. Sometimes it's not that you're a procrastinator. People say, I always put things off to the last minute and then it doesn't come out like I wanted it to. It may not be because of procrastination. It may be because you've not determined the things that are essential and you're trying to do too many things. The disciplined pursuit of less, the essentialist, pauses to discern what really matters. He says no to everything except the essential, and he removes obstacles to make the execution of the essential easy. In other words, he's not just chosen what matters most today. He's going to knock other things out of the way to clear the path to move that line forward six inches. Now, I want to talk a little bit about this says no to everything except the essential. This was a major shift for me as a gospel preacher, brother in Christ, friend, you know, a few folks at least. I'm a default yes guy. You ask me, I say yes. But what I had to learn to do was be a little bit more critical than that on decision making. When I'm asked to do something, now I try, it's very hard for me, I'm trying, I try to default no. And I don't say that out loud, but internally I'm thinking, no, I'm not going to do that. It's not consistent with what I plan for this week or the things that matter most to me, like my family or the church here, etc. And unless you can convince me to say yes, I'm going to have to do something I really, really hate doing. I'm going to have to tell you no. But here's how you know it's working. When you get off the phone with that person, 
and you instantly feel internally like you've done the right thing. You've kept the calendar clear enough to do what matters. Now, let me say a couple of other things about this. Be sure and reference your conscience on this. I'll tell you really quickly about two phone calls I received a couple of years ago. One of them was a call to do a wedding. Now, as soon as I answered the phone, I thought, I don't want to do this wedding. It's far away. There are other preachers over there. Nobody listens to a preacher at a wedding anyway. Like, he could get up there and go, walk, 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 walk. Nobody would care. Everybody's looking at the bride. I didn't want to do it. But I ignored that essentialism conscience indicator, and I listened to them talk about why they needed me to come and what the cake was going to taste like and all that, and I ended up saying yes. And look, that weekend became very stressful. That trip was not easy on the family. I had to miss something that my kid was doing in order to do it. I did not discern the essential, and I created issues. Now, you might say, yeah, but you really helped those people. Well, look, we do want to help people. But like I said, anybody could have preached that wedding. So here's another call. Somewhere around that same time, I get a call to go do a funeral. It was also several hours away. And here's what's interesting. As soon as I answered the phone and heard the voice of this woman, her father had passed away, I instantly knew this is important. This is important to them. This is honorable to this person who's passed away. I should do this. But what's fascinating is, even as she was talking to me, I was talking myself out of it. And I told her, I said, let me call you back in a couple of hours. And I got off the phone and I came up with reason upon reason upon reason why I wasn't going to do it. Didn't need to do it. Couldn't do it. But I was reading this book, Essentialism, at the time. And what it taught me is, look, you default no, but if there's something inside of you that assesses that this is consistent with your core values, this is important, don't talk yourself out of that. And so I said yes to that. And even though that also was a very full day, I did so with confidence that I was honoring what was right before God and my friends. And so whatever it cost me, the trade-off to do it didn't weigh in as heavy. And I felt fulfilled by that decision. So I'm giving you those two examples to say that assessing the essential doesn't mean saying no to everything. It means taking some time, thinking it through, assessing the trade-offs, and only saying yes if you know that it's important. Let me give you a little more about the difference between the non-essentialist and the essentialist. The non-essentialist lives a life that just doesn't satisfy, takes on too much, and the work suffers, feels out of control, is unsure of whether the right thing got done or I should have chose something else, feels overwhelmed and exhausted. Does that sound familiar to anyone here? Let me tell you about the essentialist. The essentialist lives a life that really matters, chooses carefully in order to do great work, always feels in control, gets the right things done, and, and I love this part, experiences joy in the journey. So who's willing to do this today? Instead of me giving you practical choices and asking you to make the right one, I think you probably can do this on your own. I just want to get you motivated by knowing that you do have choices to make, and you get to make those choices. And when you make the essential ones, and you block out everything that's in the way of those valuable things, you're going to feel more control, less stress, more accomplished. So here's your assignment this week. What are your core values? Does worship and Bible study and prayer, does that really matter to you? Are you willing to give that some room to grow and move some other things aside? 
What about your family? What about them? Have you spent less time with your family because of other, quote, really important things? But with just the smallest amount of thinking, you realize that's not actually true. They are more important than those things. One of the things that I'm not willing to do is get to the end of my life and look at my circle and see a bunch of little half-inch arrows sticking out of it, and one of them is my children. That would be a robbing of them and myself. I want to see that arrow get long and move and grow and excel and get better. Okay, so one last thought, and I feel compelled to make it. You can go through this essentialism journey with a lot of things in your life, and if you don't get that right, that'd probably be okay. You'll figure it out later, but some things aren't quite like that. Do you remember in James chapter 4 when it talked about how you're just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away? We're not here very long. We have to make wise choices, and that's what our episode's been about. But it goes on to say, you ought to be saying, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this and do that. And what he's emphasizing is, whatever is essential to you today, doing the Lord's will needs to be at the top of that list. And if there are things in your life that are not the Lord's will, things you're watching on television, things you're saying with your mouth, things you're thinking, choices that you're making, when we talk about essentialism, we've got to get rid of those things. They will keep your walk in the Lord stagnant and short. Here's how it ends. Therefore, to the one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. Listen, I hope that you spend more time with your family and in Bible study and doing great things with your life. But if some of what's eating up your time is just wrong to God, it's not the right thing and it's keeping you from doing the right thing, you don't have an option on this. Sit down, take some time, be honest with yourself and assess the essential. Thank you so much for listening today. If you would like to support this program, go check out our new website, excelstillmore.life. You can subscribe to emails there. There are book recommendations, show notes, lots of great things. We'd love for you to check it out. And don't forget to share this program with your friends if you think it'll help them. And you can always follow along on the Facebook page. And please remember, whatever you do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.